This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support this show. Hello. Hey, friend. What? Uh, you have a fun thing to bring up. Yeah, I uh, just came back from the barn where I had received, somebody had reached out to me and asked them if they could send um, a gift for a writing program. And they did. They sent us a helmet that they had and Aww. some cookies, which we devoured. Um, they wanted us to, pr- I, thank you so much. Um, they just asked us to plug their nonprofit, org. So check that out. They're doing really good work. So thank you so much for thinking of me in that, uh, for that. Thank you. Um, my little personal thing here today, we're recording this on a Thursday. Friday's New York Times crossword puzzle is by me. Yay! It'll be available Thursday night. It's a themeless. It's fun. Lots of fun long entries in there. Have Friday fun. means it's a hard one, right? Uh, yes. Mm, is that an honor to like get the Friday one? Friday's, or does it, is Friday's there like merit the, between? Friday's Hard, but doable hard. Saturday's hard, but they're evil about it. What about Sundays? Sunday's easy. Oh. It's just big. Oh. So. Oh, that explains actually a lot. Yeah. But huh. uh, yeah, it's fun. I hope you enjoy it. We'll see what the backlash is. I, really, I don't know. Listen, if you have any really good gossip about cruciverbalists, I would really enjoy <laughs> to hear it. I think it would be entertaining. It's what we discuss and on the, Discord. Truly, the stakes couldn't be lower. So <laughs> I really want to hear about your Excellent. bad drama. Okay. There you go. Let's do it. Let's talk. I, I will say there's not a lot of crazy. This is going to annoy the hell out of everybody. Every story. Oh, so you rushed um, me home from my other job to talk about correct. stuff. That's probably not that interesting. That is correct. Neat, neat, Let's neat, start neat, with Ayan uh, Hersi Ali. Do you remember her? I was surprised how many people do not remember really? her, which makes me realize I am old. Well, what? What do you remember about Ayan Hirsi Ali? Ayan Hirsi Ali was the president of human American humanists or not American even atheists? Nope. What? Okay, then fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> she is or an activist. She kind of was an activist. Okay, She's what if an, I just keep guessing? Shut up. You can keep guessing. <laughs> Go for it. Well, I know she was some kind of public figure in the yes. atheism movement. Correct. I know she's a person of color. I want to say Correct. black. Um, and black women don't really hang out with us very much, so Correct. everybody's pretty stoked on that. Um, dot, 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 I don't think she's doing great vis-a-vis atheism anymore. <laughs> that sounds appropriate. Yeah. So she's an ex-Muslim. She wrote books called uh, right. Infidel, Nomad, yeah. Heretic, basically documenting her journey out of, you know, a pretty radical version of mm. Islam. And she... Talked about her journey. She talked about what she didn't like about it. And I'd say a lot of atheists around the time of the new atheism stuff 15 years ago were like, yes, good. You speak out against that stuff because we don't like Islam either. Um, And that was kind of her thing. And she had good reason to be upset about it. And I think it's also uh, really important to... What what year would this have been that she kind of came to prominence? mm, Mid-aughts. So we're definitely deep in the new atheist movement, which is also deep into like the white male of it all. Yeah, the fact that she wasn't that And also, I think the anti-Muslim thing was really... If you weren't alive and around in the early aughts, like the, the Islamophobia was just different and and so white guys criticizing islam wasn't a great look and so having somebody who actually was muslim and could come in and could give genuine insight into what it was like to actually grow up muslim from somebody who experienced it as opposed to white guys explaining and not just grew up muslim but grew up in a radical version of it so she was someone who um 
had genital mutilation done to her. She was a victim of that. So she spoke out against that. And so if your idea of Islam is coming from her, Mm. you're going to think a lot of nasty things about Muslims. And as many Muslims would say, okay, that's not the version I practice. That doesn't represent the version I came from or what my community believes. General Christianity versus the KKK. Yeah, exactly. uh, From the same root, not the same results. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of her thing. She was also, interestingly, when she came to the United States, and this was she feared for her life, which is one reason she came here, she kind of said there was a right-wing think tank uh, that kind of took her in under their wings. So it wasn't entirely oh. weird that she worked with kind of a right-wing group because she just needed to get the hell out and things like that. Sure, okay. So anyway, after she wrote a couple of those books, she kind of went off the radar as far as atheism goes. She kind of went from, let me tell you why religion is wrong mm-hmm. and Islam, my version of it, is wrong to mm-hmm. just not being a player so much in yeah. that world, which happens to a lot of people. Sure. But the reason she's in the news this week is because she just wrote an essay for another right-wing website called Unheard, like herd mentality herd, Unheard. And it's not, she basically, uh, she's now a Christian. That's the bottom line. So I did happen to see this headline that she is now a Christian. The title, Why I Am Now a Christian. I mean... Fine. I <laughs> I have to admit, and, you know, whatever. Everybody can feel however they want to feel. Uh, nothing. Okay, the only thing less interesting than somebody telling me what religion they are is somebody telling me why they converted to whatever religion they sure. are. And I'm telling you what, that fucking includes atheism. I've heard every coming out story. I've had, and, and it's fine. Everybody has their story. Everybody deserves to have their story told. But you personally and to be heard. don't need to hear it. You've heard a million of them. I've heard a I million don't need of to hear them. It. And also, I don't know why your discovery of religion... I don't care. I don't care. It's yeah. not my business. Live your life. I don't give a shit. So the only reason it might be interesting is because she's a best-selling author. Right. Because she was well-known in that world. Sure. Um, in our world, in a sense. And so it's like, all right, well, that's interesting. Let's hear what your reasons are right. for this magical conversion. And I am not accusing her of anything. I want to be very clear mm-hmm. of that. But I have said for a long time that when I finally get real desperate for money, I am going to write a <laughs> tell-all of how I'm actually secretly a Christian this whole sure. time and found Jesus or whatever. And people will care about that. I don't, but like, <laughs> people would want to read that book. Yes. Um, I was looking for like, all right, what happened? Did you have some uh, late night epiphany? Did you find God? Like, mm. what horrible argument are you going to use to justify this? Sure. There was nothing. There was no actual defense of no Christianity ayahuasca anywhere. Ceremony. No ayahuasca. Uh. Nope. She wasn't like convinced of her wrongness in the middle of a theological debate. She basically rationalized her Christianity. And I was looking, what did she cite in defense of changing it? Her reasons. Islamism, okay, woke ideology, yes, which is basically to say she has more in common with the politics of conservative Christians. Yeah, but that doesn't make you a Christian. That just makes you right-wing. Ah, now you get to where all the online commenters have gone with this. You oh, are right. You like, mean that wasn't an original Jessica thought? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pretty much it. It's like, if if I handed this to a Christian apologist and as, and said, okay, so is this a good convincing argument that you would use to try to get people to become Christian? They'd be like, no, there's nothing in here. There's nothing for me to use. She literally did not cite 
Keep talking. The word Jesus does not appear in the piece once. I think she used Christ, but like it was in a passive sort of way. So here's a passage from her essay. Why do I call myself a Christian now? Part of the answer is global. Western civilization is under threat. Uh, from three, Excuse from three different, me? from three different but related forces. Shut up. Western civilization is under threat. Yep. I want to just take a bath in that sentence. <laughs> what does that civilization, as in like culture? Because I would agree, yes. like some of our popular culture has taken a nosedive, but I would blame that on capitalism more mm. than I would blame that on like. Civilization writ large. Well, um, is let me it, let no, me finish this paragraph okay, and then fine. feel free. She has three reasons Western civilization oh, is boy, under attack. Down. Yep. One. One is the resurgence of great power authoritarianism. That's on the right. Uh, she just says authoritarianism no, and expansionism in the forms of the Chinese Communist Party and Vladimir Putin's Russia. So that's number one. Too much authoritarianism. That was all one thing. That was one of the three threats against Western civilization. Is China? China and Putin's Russia. Russia. Sure. Okay. Which, okay, problems for many reasons. New villains in the United States. We've certainly never blamed shit on China and Russia before. Number two, the rise of global Islamism, which threatens to mobilize a vast population against the West. So radical Islam is what she's saying. Is is she talking about terrorism? She certainly seems to equate all Muslims or whatever version of Islam she thinks is true, real, capital letters, whatever. Can we have a quick discussion Mm -hmm. about why dumb people, I don't know, I was going to say conservatives, but I think just all stupid people just add ism on the end of like... Wokeism. Islamism? Mm -hmm. Like we already have an adjective. Like what are we... She okay. doesn't define Global it. Global Islamism. It's a code word that she just assumes her people will is, understand the meaning she of. She thinks people are being mobilized. So this sounds like terrorism, right? Like, could you read it again? The rise of global Islamism, which threatens to mobilize a vast population against the West. Threatens to, I mean, yeah, that's, okay. So she thinks terrorism. So uh, Number three. So the, China, Russia, terrorism. Yeah. This is really feeling like uh-huh. mid-aughts. Maybe she kind of wrote that book and stopped learning after that because she has no new arguments. Number three, the reason Western civilization is under threat, Mm. the viral spread of woke ideology, which is eating into the moral fiber of the next generation. Does she have specific incidences, please? No, of course not. Just woke. Woke. Um, She goes on to say, we can't fight off these formidable forces unless we answer the question, what is it that unites us? I don't know why I get so mad when people use alliteration when they're trying to make a serious Mm -hmm. point. It's like, ma'am, you can think you're clever or you can be (laughs) taken seriously, not both. So if she says all of those are problems... I obviously want to be clever. (laughs) If all of those are the problems, we have to unite against it. So what is it that brings us all together? She writes, the response that God is dead seems insufficient. So too... Yeah, we're not Nietzsche walking around... like. The whole God is dead thing. Have you ever heard a human being outside of a like philosophy class in a movie where anybody has ever said God is dead without any like? It is in every God is dead uh, script. Well, listen, Kevin Sorbo te- teaches all those classes. He doesn't mm-hmm. know shit. Yeah. 
Uh, she says, yeah, God is dead isn't enough. So, too, does the attempt to find solace in the rules-based liberal international order. That's not good enough either, whatever that means. Sorry, the, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep. Were those capitalized? The rules-based international order? It's in order. quotation marks. She put the quotation marks that? in. Wait, let's break that down. Uh, no. Please. People trying to support democracy around the world. Oh, I hate that. I the only credible answer mm-hmm. to what unites us, the only credible answer, I believe, lies in our desire to uphold the legacy of the Judeo-Christian tradition. That's what unites us. We all love whatever she thinks the Judeo-Christian... Wait, that was the end? That was her answer. Read that again? Yeah. The only credible answer to what unites us, I believe, lies in our desire to uphold the legacy of the Judeo-Christian tradition. But that doesn't unite us because we are not united under that idea. Mm-hmm. And also, I, what I does that mean? What is your Judeo-Christian tradition? Because I'm sure there are aspects of it. I don't honor, know. Honor the legacy? Uphold. Uphold the legacy. Yeah, we all want to go back to the good old days of, I, I don't, don't know what. Again, if you're trying to make sense of this, salad. good luck, because no one seems to have any clue what the hell she is talking about. If you look at any responses, longer responses online, you have right-wing atheists, yeah. the, the Shermers and those My Dawkins, nemesis, Michael Shermer, uh, don't all, mention Dawkins, his name in all my them house. Who are like, I don't personally care if she changed her views, whatever, like you said. I don't, don't either. Care. Don't care about that, but I'm, if I'm trying to make sense of what she said, I got nothing for you because I don't know what the hell she's talking about. I pride myself in... Mind like, you, these are all anti-woke Sure, but like, truly, I, I really try to, when I hear these things, I think I try to give my best effort to understand at least what they think they're saying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's why I maybe yeah, break things down. Because, sure. listen... What's I, the I will, Steel Man version of what she's saying? I have no idea. I don't know. She, also... Is Steel Man a, That's a new word. expression? Because I've around. heard it like three times in the last week, and I never heard it before. If anyway. you fall down some right-wing rabbit holes, you oh, hear it all the time. Okay. She also attributes her Christianity to the fact that atheism failed to give her an answer to a, quote, simple question. What is the meaning and purpose of life? Atheism didn't give her a good answer. Therefore, Jesus, I guess. What is going on with her? For what it's worth, atheism doesn't try to give you an answer to that right. question. Like, she's treating atheism as if it's a religion she's leaving, which yeah. it isn't. I want to be clear. But atheism you would think of all just... people she might know something about. Well, I also the thing of, oh, what's the meaning of life is so... <sighs> reductive isn't the right word, but... Mm. You know what the answer to the... You know what the meaning of life is now that she's a Christian? Who knows? She doesn't yeah. bother answering the question. Yeah, like, oh my God, you're right. Like, she what doesn't say, now I have an answer, and it's blank. Nope, doesn't do it. So again, after this rambly, squishy rant against wokeness and the lack of direction in her life provided by atheism, she magically concludes, mm-hmm. Christianity has it all. That's an actual phrase she wrote. Four oh, words with a period at the my end. My God. Is this the ShamWow guy talking <laughs> to me? What's that guy's name? Billy something. And it's not Billy Zane. Don't try mm. to say Billy Zane. No idea. Billy. But yeah, Christianity has it all. She also says people who don't believe in God are, quote, capable of believing in anything. The As people if... who believe in God are also <laughs> capable of believing in anything. Case in point, like, they believe in God. How do you believe? How do you live in the United States as long as you have and think it's the people who don't believe in God, who are extremely gullible. So now I want to go back, not that I read her books in the first place, which is not something I should admit. I'm mm. very well read. Um, 
do you now I'm wondering like has she kind of been full of shit this whole time? There and have we been accusations just, of that. Yeah. I mean I mean truly the like, fact that she was allied allied with a right wing think tank for yeah. a while and she always found a way to say like, yeah, but I'm not like the crazies in yeah. so many words. And honestly, like were we just so delighted to have a woman of color who could speak to yes. like Islam that we weren't gonna question I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the other problems, when I, I'm i ha- only half joking about the fact that how do you live in the United States as long as you have during the past decade or sure. so and not realize the problem with Christian nationalism and all that? Yeah. Here's another line she literally, she actually wrote. Does she wrote, dress up? No, of oh. course not. Here's what she actually wrote. Unlike Islam, comma, Christianity outgrew its dogmatic stage. Are you sure? She, Ma'am? Thinks, Ma'am? Christianity outgrew its dogmatic stage, which is a wild thing to say in the year of our Lord, 2023. A wild thing to say. Are you out of your mind? Just because the conservative Christians in the U.S. are not, like, doing suicide bombings does not mean they are not dogmatic or extreme in other ways. Well, I mean, they're doing domestic terrorism. In other ways. Yeah. So, yeah, no, they're not suicide bombing, but they're suicide shooting. Right, they love their guns. They're forcing women to give birth. That's a Christian, conservative Christian thing. Like they're not embracing martyrdom, but their actions have led to plenty of suffering. So that's what are you? What is she talking about? I don't know. Think about COVID. What did conservative Christians do during COVID? They allowed the virus to spread because their selfishness Mm -hmm. was worth the sacrifice of other people's lives and maybe their lives. They didn't Mm -hmm. care. Like. What is that if not a form of faith-based martyrdom? Like, we are not better off because a kind of Christianity practiced by zealots with a lot of power. Yeah. We're not better off because they're the ones in power no. in the U.S. But here's the thing. I, Just I, as it would be unfair to ascribe the beliefs of Islamic extremists to the 1.9 billion Muslims <laughs> in the world, um, we also need to distinguish between Christians who take the moral teachings of Jesus seriously, because those people exist, there's a lot of them, and the ones who just use the idea of Jesus for political gain, cultural gain, mm-hmm. which I would argue that's what she's doing of here. She is. And she's always been criticized for painting Islam with a broad brush, but now she seems to be doing the exact same thing in the other direction for Christianity, saying the religion's good, yeah. we're better off with that. I don't really know why that makes it true, which right. is a thing that used to matter to people well, who argued I mean, about religion. Um, <sighs> fuck, man. What, so she does she discuss how she found Christianity in any way? Like, she, she, you said she doesn't discuss Jesus, period. Does she say, I go to church, I pray? Like, does yeah, she we do not know where her... she goes to church. We do not know what prayer looks like for her. We don't know. She doesn't talk Which about is, it. Which is, in general, again, not my business, but if you're going to write an article about how Christianity is so much better than atheism and so much better than Islam, mm-hmm. maybe give me specifics. Give me um, by the way, the painting religion with a broad brush thing, she did that in her most recent book, which none of the atheists read. Mm. Uh, it was called Pray with an E, and one of the review of that P-R-A-E- book, P-R-E-Y, like Predator oh, and oh, Prey. Oh, 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 oh. She gotcha. claimed, uh, one critic said she finds stories of individual Muslim immigrants who commit heinous crimes, and by suggesting those stories are broadly representative, uses them to justify curtailing the opportunities afforded to the whole group. <sighs> Which, Fuck. yeah, it's just, it's super callous, it's irresponsible, and now... 
She's just expecting, I guess, everyone to just nod our heads in agreement as she explains her new religion. I don't know why. Has she earned the benefit of the doubt at this point? Not really. Is she a profession? Like, what does she do for a living? She works. I believe her current occupation is she works for the Hoover Institution, which is another right-wing think tank. It's different from the American Enterprise Institute, which is the one she used to work with, that everyone's like, that's a weird place for anyone to be working if they have actual thoughts. Mm. Now she's just with another right-wing outlet, and now she writes for this website, Unheard, she also made a video, by the way. I didn't, I forgot about this. I'm sure it popped up at some point years ago mm-hmm. and I just brushed it off. But she made a video for Prager U, that right wing outlet, really? equating radical Islam with wokeness. And I want to read part of this to no, you. No, you don't. Oh, you don't need to. I though. had to. It's okay if you don't want to. I forgot how bad this was. Uh, what do radical Islam and the woke what have in this? common? Uh, This video is from, I need to look this up, because it wasn't from, like, forever ago. Yeah, because Woke is relatively new, right? Two years ago. Two two years ago. Here's what she said. The two ideologies have distinctive rituals. Islamists shout Allah Alu Akbar and death to America. The Woke (laughs) shout Black Lives Matter and I can't breathe. Are you out of your mind? Islamists pray... You did not just read that yeah. out loud in your oh, voice. this is... People are going to clip that. I know. Islamists pray to Mecca. The woke take the knee. Both like burning the American flag. You can't just put two things <laughs> next to each other and pretend they're a comparison. Dude, that's the whole video. Both like burning the American flag. Well, mm. both take offense at every opportunity and demand not just apologies, but concessions. Islamism invades against blasphemy. Wokeism wants to outlaw, quote, hate speech. Yeah, 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 we do. Isla- y- you putting scare quotes around, it doesn't make it less There's true. There's so many scare quotes. I- Islamists use the word Islamophobia to silence critics. The woke do the same with, quote, racism. <laughs> oh, honey. Like Listen, I said, they're not going to pick you, honey. Like, they're not going to pick you. The you, problem uh, you see is all the pesky civil rights activists, uh, definitely not Prager U, which is actually getting into public schools in red states, Oklahoma, Florida. Like, it's disappointing, but it's been disappointing for a long time. Like, she has correctly and valiantly fought against female genital mutilation, Mm. regardless of cultural norms, regardless of religious rituals. Mm. She's right about that. And if you disregard the irresponsible generalizations, I appreciate that she criticized religion despite threats to her own life, Mm -hmm. but she has long surpassed the time when she was a voice of courage. Now she's just like a red-pilled right-wing outrage machine cog acting like the people fighting against oppression are no different from the extremists who perpetuate it. She has used her platforms to say trans women are not women. Oh, she boy. told Tucker Carlson uh, that... Go fuck yourself. Uh-huh, be, that some women in certain parts of the world are truly oppressed. Therefore, black, gay, trans people in the U.S. should shut the hell up, basically, and celebrate how good they have it. Okay. Yeah, very Richard Dawkins, dear Muslima. Like she's also now, I guess, with as a new Christian, she's now a card-carrying member of another group of conservative people who despise Muslims 
as much as she does. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to push back on any of her yeah. criticisms of Islam. That is Maybe, the one I thing right-wing atheists of... and conservative Christians have in common, which is they really don't like Islam, and they're willing to use stereotypes, generalizations to say, oh, we want to cut immigration from those countries? Right. We want to stop those people from having power? Sure, why not? Let's hold hands. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. As one tweet that I really liked uh, summarized this whole thing, She's basically saying, I am unable to justify my right-wing positions without also affirming a religion, and this one is far nicer than my old one. (laughs) That's one way of putting it. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, By the way, she made many of these same points in a discussion two weeks before her essay came out during a panel discussion that included Jordan Peterson. Again, these are her new allies. All the hit makers. To which I can just say, like, Christians can have her. Truly. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not not fighting. Yeah, I'm not trying to win her back to, quote, unquote, our side. She contrarianed so hard, she made it all the way back to the other side. Truly. I mean, if I had to wager, I guess, I would bet that one of the main reasons that she left the atheism movement, you know, as it is, is maybe because people aren't as into like the blatant Islamophobia anymore. People are a little more... Like you can criticize religion without being a certain uh, way about it, without broad brush stereotyping. And honestly, this is just me thinking out loud, so take it and relieve it. But also people are a lot more... Like 10, 15 years ago, right? It was like Islamophobia, terrorism, yada, yada, yada. Now it's white nationalist terrorism that we're all actually worried about. Mm. And that does not slot into the patriotic narrative as easily. And so I bet she was still trying to bang that Islamophobic drum while the people around her were like, okay, yeah, we get it. You hate Islam, but we... Th- and if you see who she surrounds herself at, with... You know, bigger fish at this point. Yeah, you see who she surrounds sure. herself with, it's not surprising either. I would also argue that she's written like, what, four memoirs now, essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that her well of personal anecdotes is, has probably dried up by right, now, right. if you want to stay relevant, mm-hmm. then the way to do it is give yourself a new uh, path sure. in life sure. so you can talk about that. Um, the irony is I, even Christian websites mm. are like, Haha, we she has changed to our side, but it's not like they're celebrating the defense of it because I don't think they understand why she's a Christian either. Uh, yeah, she... They're just saying, ha she's, she's no longer an atheist. failed the assignment if the assignment was explain to the world why I'm Christian. She failed yeah. the assignment. Because yeah. right, what was the headline? Why I am uh, now a Christian. Why I am now a Christian. Mm, F. I don't know. Yeah. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. 
Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. All right. Should we move on to a lighter story? I guess. All right. Uh, if you're on a plane, what's the most annoying thing that could happen? Um, a man talking to me. That is true. Uh, a gospel singer. No, named, thank you. Named Absolutely Bobby. Absolutely not. Bobby with an eye storm. Bobby Storm. Bobby she s- posted a video online. Bobby Storm is an outstanding name. It is 12 an out of 10. Name. Yep. She posted a video online where she starts singing on the plane, doing what the Lord wants no, her to do. Thank you, please. And the video is not just her singing, it's no. her trying to sing. And then you see a flight attendant. The flight has not taken off yet. And the flight attendant is flight basically... Like, There's still time to get this bitch off this plane. <laughs> <laughs> this flight attendant is saying, I need you to stop because you're basically causing a disturbance and we're trying to take off right now. Can you describe what she's wearing? Normal clothes. Normal it's clothes? Fine. No sparkles? No? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then she defends herself by saying, I just got nominated for two Grammys, which is true, by the way. So? But I that's mean, to the, her... To her point, I would also say that to anybody who crossed my path <laughs> the fucking second. And But she says that as if that justifies disobeying the flight attendants yeah. and just singing about Jesus for everybody and about the Grammys. It's not solo. You haven't heard her name because it's irrelevant. She, she sings with a group called Maverick City Music. They were nominated for Best Gospel Album, mm. something they have been nominated for in the past, um, and some other category that no one pays attention to. Sure. They also got nominated for that. All of that is irrelevant because you're on the plane. The flight attendants have a job to do. She's getting in their way because they need to take off. And this guy is stern but polite, Mm -hmm. saying, like, can you follow our instructions? I need you to sit down. Will you sit down? She was standing. Finally, she sits. But... At one point, she, like, turns around. I don't know who's taking the video, by the way. It's the person in the seat next to her. Um, But I don't know if that's her friend, if she handed a a stranger a camera and said, I need you to get video of this. But at some point, she turns around. Do all of you want to listen to me sing? As if this is up for popular vote. uh, Yeah. Do you have a picture of her pulled up? I just need to lay my face I'll be honest. You can can look at this picture. But it doesn't really, it's a side view of her yelling at this flight attendant. That's her sitting down. But she's like, she literally titled her video, So This Just Happened. She's very proud of the fact that she stood up to the flight attendant trying to do his job. I can only see half her face, but she has lovely skin. Mm-hmm. She also, in one, this is from the New York Times, in one of the social media videos, Miss Storm said she had sung on many flights before and God had called her to sing on this recent one. She said that the flight had boarded, started to taxi, oh then God. returned to the gate because of a maintenance issue. After the plane returned to the gate, she said, quote, it was time for me to follow through with my mission. And she so started to sing. already sang, and then I think the plane was about to take off. It said, we need to go back. Sorry. Uh-huh. Delay. There's mechanical issue. And now that it's back at the gate waiting to get fixed, she's like, now's my chance. And so her, she did not sing until after return to the gate. I'm just trying yep. to get it. So, okay. And they're trying to finish up and try to leave, oh, and the flight boy. attendant so saying... So everybody's in the shitty mood because yes. their flight is late. Imagine just... you are in the middle seat, <laughs> and there is a delay... 
and this lady wants to and be the flight's main character. And in my head, my Kindle only has like 12% battery, <laughs> so I'm just like completely panicked. Yeah. She, this, <laughs> this grown-ass woman thinks the one thing everyone needs to listen to on the plane at this point is her voice singing a song most of them wouldn't pay for tickets for when they're off the plane. I mean... Like, she showed up to someone else's place of work, demanded he bow down to her wishes because she might get an award that none of these people care about, but it sounds nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I get why they're like, oh, you got... a hell of a drug, eh? I, and by the way, when she turned around on her video, she turns around to like, do you all want to hear me sing something like that? Whatever you say. It's silent. Of course. I'm sure some not. No, ma'am. Yeah. The answer is I'm not, I'm not here to create a scene. I do not want to be in this video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the like, main character on right. Twitter this week. I understand why they chose silence <laughs> rather than yell out no. no. But you have to think some of them wanted to take a nap do some work, just enjoy the brief respite. I would have from... locked eye contact with her and just put my AirPods in. Yeah. Like, I don't need this from you. And here's the follow-up. Yeah, we all have music in our pockets. Like, yeah. we don't need you, ma'am. As far as I can tell, she was not punished for any of this. They didn't kick her off the plane. Mm. She said, oh, they're trying to punish a Christian woman. Yeah. Whatever. There's no indication she I was bet. kicked off. She then said, Delta reached out to me to apologize, which... Wa- Is a lie? I think it's a lie. She showed, like, here's my phone. There's Delta calling me, and it says, like, whatever no, they called really for a few minutes. That's really fucking hard to fake, idiot. But also, I don't know why they called her. There's no reason to think they called her was... to apologize, because they had nothing to apologize for. And there was no incident of any kind. It she was also said in her follow-up video. Yeah, in that same follow-up video where she's holding up her phone to mm. show, like, Delta called me to apologize. She also says, I don't want this man, speaking of the flight attendant, to be reprimanded. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Because he didn't do anything wrong. He did not do anything wrong. And also, what? Do you think Delta's calling you to say um, we have punished? um, Excuse me, Bobby. It's me, John Delta. Um, What do you think? Like a week unpaid, two weeks paid leave? Like, what do you (laughs) Do you want to take a popular vote on this one? (laughs) Just stand up in the plane and go, how do you all think he should be punished? (laughs) The funniest funniest thing about this Uh, is on her Instagram, on her TikTok, where she posted these videos by herself. Oh. All the comments are all sharing our opinion. This emoji, the ooh emoji. (laughs) Comments include, comments include, this is one of the most egotistical things I've ever seen. You think because you're Grammy nominated that rules don't apply to you and the plane is your stage? (laughs) Work on that ego, sis. You know, I also had a fantasy of singing to a flight of passengers, but that was when I was 13 years old. <laughs> Imagine being on a plane where the crying baby is yeah, the least of like your the concerns. Yeah, it's like the hero of yeah. this story. <laughs> Ima- another, another comment. Imagine the entitlement of thinking you're the only one with something that can bless folks, and it happens to be in an airplane where they have no choice but to hear you because they can't go anywhere. This is wildly out of pocket, sis. Nice. You held these people hostage and used God's name in a manipulative manner. That man was just doing his job and you were being disruptive, period. The plan is not your stage or billboard to the plane is not your stage to or billboard to market your work. I love this yeah. person. Another person. Oh, my God, with a lot of Gs. You are not the main character. Sit down and be quiet on a plane. It is basic courtesy to everyone around you. I don't care how beautiful your voice is. Other passengers didn't pay for a concert. They paid for oh a peaceful God. flight. Respect their space. Good for them. And I go back Has to she thinking. 
Go ahead. Uh, sure. I, I just go back to thinking, man, this is Christian privilege in action. Because oh, if yeah. a Muslim gets up and says, I am Muslim, everybody, oh, I would like to... air marshal a clock. <laughs> yeah. Like, they would not have been able to get through two notes, much less four minutes of that video of oh, smug belligerence. And her singing. She's not the first Christian to pull this sort of stunt. No, we talked about this last guitar, year. Right? There was a dude oh, with a guitar. Oh, my God. My worst nightmare. Uh, who held a plane hostage with their awful message, forcing passengers to listen to them, whether or not they wanted it. And I passenger got- silence is not consent. I would have gotten thrown off of flight is the thing. Like, if some motherfucker gets up and starts playing his guitar... I am going ham on him. I will have to be held, but they'll have to put me in the cargo holder to keep me away from a dude playing guitar at me on a plane. It is not surprising that these people equate silence with consent because that is oh a hallmark boy. of conservative Christian oh culture right boy. there. It is also telling he that... He went there, gang. <clears throat> there he you go. went there. It is so telling that these Christians think a captive audience is the best way to spread their message. Like, they're freely admitting no one would want to listen to us otherwise, but right now they have no choice. Therefore, it's my time. Like, if she had any self-awareness, she might realize a plane is not a personal platform, but common courtesy doesn't matter to people like her. I just, I just can't understand. It's just, I, listen, you know I love attention. <laughs> you know I am like a big dorky showman. However, there was one time I was in a movie theater and the sound went out and I was the one who yelled sound and I still think about it. Like, did I step out of line? Did I do Did I do too much? And I, I just cannot imagine seeking that kind of... Att- I mean, there are people who are just so desperate for attention that it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. Mm. So maybe she sees it all as like... Maybe she got her name in the news. I mean, she did her quote-unquote viral We're talking about it. Yeah, right? (laughs) God. Yeah, I hope she loses the Uh, Grammy. I don't care about how good her group is. Well, we broke out of our uh, white male story uh, (laughs) phase, huh? Here, I got another non-white male for you. Uh, There's a woman named Katie Ray. She has been outspoken about in vitro fertilization. She has three kids. She's pro. She's had three kids. And she said, like, I had trouble getting pregnant and IVF was my hus- my husband's and my way of having kids and they're a blessing. And, like, she's documented this for any many years. Now, she's also um, one Catholic. of those people, like, in any community, she kind of uh, takes over. And I mean that in a good way. She's, like, she runs a lot of... Uh, self-help type of seminars. Like, I want to be your life coach. Oh, that sort okay. of person. So... And she uses the IVF journey as part of her motivational speaking. Like, Mm -hmm. I've had troubles with things. I've gotten past it. And it took a lot of, it was tough. I'm not damning. I have these three beautiful children. I went through it all. I'm not mad about any of this. Whatever. She does her thing. My journey got me here. So last year, she hosted an event called Celebrate You. Like another motivational, like, come here, get inspired, go off and do your thing Mm -hmm. sort of event. She hosted it, um, I think, at... Uh, some gymnasium that is owned by a Catholic church. She did that last year. Whatever. No one knew about it. It wasn't an issue. This year, she did the same thing. She called Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Florida, said, I want to host my event there again. They said yes. She signed the contract. None of this is a problem. But this time around, the church must have decided to look her up online, do some background check or something, and they found all of her posts talking about IVF. Now, 
if there is one thing that I think is going to fuck the Catholic Church, it is anti-IVF. I do not know how they think they're going to keep that shit up. That yep. is a... Like, listen, I'm not saying that condom, like, condom use and, like, homophobia and, and the subjugation of women, all of that is bad. There's a lot of bad things about Catholicism. However... Anti-IVF is a wild side to take because I cannot, I, I have to imagine that crosses, I mean, I guess economical, not so much because of, it's expensive, it's expensive but <clears throat> certainly classes and, you know, conservatives versus liberals all want children and will do what they have to do to get in them. In case anyone's wondering, the Catholic Church says in vitro fertilization is not allowed because when it comes to their rules on like fertility and stuff, they oppose, quote, any technique used to achieve conception by the use of gametes coming from at least one donor other than the spouses. That's their problem with infertility. Sorry, were gametes in the Bible and I missed it? So if you're using, like, uh, a sperm donation or surrogates or anything like that, like, that's not man, woman, missionary style, mm. no assistance, and all that. That's the only type they're okay with in the context of marriage. So sperm donation, no good. Surrogate mothers, no good. In vitro fertilization, which could maybe involve the destruction of embryos, mm -hmm. no good. The church says these things are, quote, contrary to the covenant of marriage, the unity of the spouses, and the dignity proper to parents and the child. So that's what the church has a problem with when it comes to IVF. So this lady... Although signs, I, I just want to say those... those quote-unquote problems are nonsense and nothing. Yeah. They're absolute oh, yeah. bullshit. We can like, talk about why the Catholic Church's positions anything. are problematic, but we've known the, the this is the Church's stance I for a while. I to walk up to a person who was born through IVF and be like, you, you forgot your soul. Go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> and the thing is, so this uh, lady, Katie Ray, she signs the paperwork for the gymnasium, gives the Church the, the down payment on the rental, and shortly after, I don't know, days later, a week later, mm. the church calls her and says, we cannot accommodate your request. And they give her back the money. And the reason is she supports IVF. Yep. And the thing is, there's, there's not going to be a lawsuit here. Uh, she knows that because the church as a private entity, private religious entity, they have every right to say we have rules about who can rent our space. And we have you violate right Catholic doctrine. Talk We're going to say how no much the Catholics suck. Yep. And that is what she is doing. Mm. Because she's basically, she seems to have no knowledge. Again, I'm not mocking her. She seems to be unaware of the Catholic Church's position she, on IVF. So she herself is not Catholic. This was just a space that she was going to rent. Is that my understanding? Yeah, is that yeah, correct? yeah, yeah. She rented it because it was a nice open space, mm -hmm. not because it was connected to the church. And That's these things it. happen all of the time. And all of the what time. she has said, she if she is nothing, if not a savvy self-promoter, because yeah. that's her business. Sure. And so when she spoke to the local news about this, she said... I was taken aback because my children were a beautiful collaboration between God, science, and the universe. And every day uh -huh. I look at them, I'm so grateful they are with me. This specific annual event was created with the passion I have for everyone to embrace who they are and not compare or judge each other on their journeys. I was shocked that I could be kicked out of somewhere for deciding I wanted to fight to have children and utilize resources around me. Wow. Yeah. One Katie. interesting thing. One interesting thing. Uh, the local ABC Action News that covered this story first, uh. they got a, uh, a shot, a video shot of just the sign outside the church's doors. Mm. And it says, you know, Our Lady of Lords, Catholic Church, School, uh, Convention Center, does whatever. It say all are welcome. It does say yeah, it does. all are welcome. <laughs> 
in all caps, mind you, no asterisk. Yep. I'm yep. sorry, I stepped on that. I didn't think I was going to be right. Totally right. <laughs> Giant sign that says all are welcome. But here's the thing. And this is what I think is worth pointing out. because the ca- asterisks are welcome. Chur- yeah. What the church did, again, it's legal. So we're yeah. not arguing that. But the hypocrisy li- here is incredible. Be an asshole. Because I want to know if someone else signs up to rent the space, are they going to look up if that person has been divorced? Uh-huh. Are they going to look up if that person has had an abortion, paid for an abortion? Because there are people who you know have sinned, mm-hmm. according to the Catholic Church, that they fully allow in like to come to mass. Oh yeah. Who I they give communion to. to talk with my Catholic friends about their, I honestly right? do. I'm like, so yeah, you're a, uh, do you know how many Catholics in the U S support same sex marriage, except tr- S- like actually literally accept the existence of trans people, both of which violate the Catholic church. Do you I have don't, stats on that? Yeah, I do. In the U S 61% of Catholics practicing Catholics support marriage equality. I was say 60. Yep. 76% say society should be accepting of homosexuality. But again, 61% support same-sex marriage. Right. That violates and, Catholic doctrine. And a big chunk of them who don't necessarily support quote-unquote marriage are not homophobes. They're right. just religious dumb dums Sure. 37% of U.S. Catholics acknowledge that trans people exist. Mm. The Catholic Church says they do not. Well. So again, are you? there are those people who call themselves Catholic, and the church is not kicking them out of the church. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to rent space from this place, mm-hmm. do you think the church is going to kick them out? Probably not. Right. But because this lady had the temerity to say, I think my journey might be able to help other people going through the same struggles. Mm. Uh, they're like, oh, no, we can't. We can't have this. So they'll. Wow. This is. Wow. So has there been any backlash? Nope. Have people... She found a new space to rent. Mm-hmm. I think another organization said, hey, we have good space if you need to rent it. So and is we'll she give you... Th- herself, or like, is, is she her... religious? I mean, I don't really care if she's religious. It's part of her like jam. Like, is her self-help thing based in religion No, it's at not, all? as no, far okay. as I can tell. It's a pretty secular thing. She said elsewhere, Ugh, she has boy. a gay dad... Um, or had a gay dad. I'm not sure if he's uh, still living. But she also said she no longer goes to any church. Mm. Not because she's an atheist. I don't know if she is. But largely because so many of them discriminate instead of judging people for who they are. Katie, let's, is she from Florida? Or she is she from just, Florida. Mm, that's too yep. bad. Yep, she's um, not your friend. If she, Listen, if you ever make it up <laughs> to the Midwest, <laughs> there's no alligators up here. Like, I will say, like, part of me <laughs> kind of rolled my eyes at first. I'm like, did you not know the Catholic Church doesn't like IVF? People but that is entirely that. true. So I'm not, I, again, I am not criticizing her for not knowing that in advance. And I love and respect the fact that now that she does know... She's like, all right, fine. I'm going to raise a big stink about it Honestly, and make sure everyone knows you're against that. I feel very strongly that we should be. I, I went through a phase where I tried to be more vocal about it, but it's a miserable thing to do and be um, about the fact that the Catholic Church is anti everything. Like, yeah. I mean, like, listen, everyone and, knows and the abortion thing. Like everyone her, knows the gay thing. And if, if someone thing. like her is speaking out against it, that carries more weight than people like us speaking about it because yeah. we already have our, like, Yeah, vendettas. we're already mad anyway. <laughs> um, this is, yeah, I, I do think this is something more people should be aware of. And I, I wonder, I wonder how, I'm very curious how many people are aware of that. That would be my, yeah. um... So she got the local news involved. She got wow, a lot of stories written about it. Her, more power Katie. to her. Yep. Very nice. Here's an interesting story that 
I didn't know. I don't know if this is still blowing up story-wise. Okay. But uh, the way I heard about it was a roundabout way, and there was no media coverage a few days ago. Now there's been a lot more. So let me set you up here. Yeah. (laughs) The story here. Earlier this month, November, beginning of the month, Mm. a guy named Brad Briscoe gets up in front of a congregation at a place called Ballard Baptist Church in Kentucky. Mm. Basically, the pastor at this church says, you guys in this congregation, uh, I want Brad to tell you this story personally, so I'm going to give him the space to speak. We're in Kentucky, are we? Um, I don't know. But he's this guy gets up in front of the congregation, and there is video of him speaking to this uh, small ish church okay but it's on video and basically he tells a story about how his daughter's public high school guidance counselor has been really trying to separate him and his wife from his daughter and he wants everyone to be aware that there's some shit going down in the public schools and they all need to be aware of it i will give you his version of the story because he spoke for like 20 minutes here here's his version of the story last september 2022 His daughter, who is 16 years old, she asked her parents, hey, my 17-year-old female friend, she's having some difficulties at home. Can she stay with us for a while? Okay. And he said, this is the sort of thing we've done before. Like, these kids, our kids' friends often stay at our place. It's not weird. So the fact that she said, sure. And she said, oh, my friend's going through some stuff. Mm. Can she stay over? They said, fine. Sorry, tell me the age again. I'm sorry. His daughter's 16. Her friend was 17. They're in high school. Okay. Fine. Six months later, mm. uh, this dad finds out, I forgot how, it doesn't matter. He finds out those two girls were not just friends. <gasps> they had a relationship. Oh. He, he called it a, quote, romantic involvement. Okay. Their daughter denied it at first. She's like, I'm not gay, unquote. But then she admitted there was a relationship. And the family, obviously, not happy. Not interested in that. They claimed they were unhappy that she lied to them about it. But also he wants to make ev- make sure everyone knows he's not cool with this either. Had she been honest from the beginning, he would not have been okay with it, obviously. So what he says is they said, we love you no matter what, but a same-sex relationship is not allowed, his, his words, not allowed in our home, mm-hmm. not while you're under our roof. Boy. They punished her for lying to them, and then they forbid her from seeing her girlfriend. Like, you can't drive the car for a couple oh, yeah, weeks. I've seen a lot of movies Whatever. about high schoolers, and that always works. Always Good job, works, parents. Yeah. So here's where it gets... Uh, to me, that's a domestic family problem, and they got to work through that. Yeah, a lot of people who come out yes, have been through something similar. It is a sad story that is not uncommon, unfortunately. Right. So he goes on with this story. That that was all in September when the friend-girlfriend started staying at their house. In February, he learns that a counselor at the daughter's high school in Anderson County, that's where we're at, okay. uh, that a counselor there, quote, knew absolutely everything about our entire situation And basically told his daughter, the counselor said, she can't believe her parents are punishing her for being gay. And according to the dad, she even suggested that my daughter get emancipated from us. Sounds like a good idea. (laughs) And when the two of them, the daughter and the counselor, realized "Eh, you can't just get emancipated on a whim, counselor's next plan was to, quote, develop a false child protective service order. Like, call the welfare officials saying my parents are abusing me so I can get separated from them. And mm-hmm. the counselor's, like, goading their child into making that happen. Mm. And the dad goes on to say, the counselor wanted my wife to lose her teaching job. She suggested our daughter could move into her basement, the counselor's basement. 
He alleged that the counselor urged their daughter to bait the parents into getting angry and yelling at her and saying really uh, damning things, which the daughter could then record and use as evidence that she needed to be safe. By the way, as a brown child, (laughs) this is totally stuff that like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call CPS or Child Protective anything on you. And there is a joke. I've seen stand-up comedians do this, like, oh yeah, call CP. I'm sure they'll come right away, says the parents. Like that's a brown family it's, thing? It's a, an immigrant family thing uh, for sure. Like sure, sure, where sure, your sure, parents sure. are mean to you yeah. and you're like, well, I'm gonna call the cops on you. <laughs> and they're like, uh-huh. Also, I wanna say before we go, even if every other word of this uh is true, it isn't. Um the idea of she goaded us into yelling at her and what saying some something bad, saying something inexplicable, like yeah. some offensive thing, like um, I have a pretty quick temper. You could not goad me into screaming at my child. I will tell you that right fucking now. You can't <laughs> goad me into screaming at my students because I'm an adult and I don't scream when I'm angry at mm. children. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's hear this D-bag. He goes on to say mm-hmm. he found two hundred over 200 texts, uh, text messages between the counselor and his daughter. He said she was regularly pulled out of class to meet with the counselor and the forbidden girlfriend. Mm. Her grades started dropping. She got moody, which is something that never happens to teenagers. I have uh, never had never. a mood in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he says that one day a child protective service uh, official came to their home Whoa. to tell the parents they were going to be charged with emotional abuse. And it was only then that's when they found out about all these text messages. Okay. Basically their argument is our daughter is getting close to the counselor to the point where the counselor. Uh, he thinks she's interfering in his life. Correct. She's overstepping her counseling duties. Correct. And at one point, one of the texts, and this is probably the most damning thing is when the girl says, uh, hey, my parents are like on to the fact that we, I've been talking to you about this stuff and I, I don't want you to be blindsided by the fact that they know. Here's what the counselor texted back to the daughter mm. and we have screenshots. Mm. Uh, your parents, she said, they can take their pick from me, who is the cheerleader of the gays. Ashley, I guess another counselor or someone, who is the trashy lesbian, or Melissa, who is the assistant superintendent's wife who will make her lose her job. Eh, Which is a dumb not, thing yeah. for a counselor, she's saying. text. Oi. <laughs> yes. not, not great. But, like, I understand what she's... She's basically saying, if your parents don't want you to talk to me... Yeah. Guess what? The other counselors right. are pretty much on the same page, is how I interpret that. Yeah, like, and... Oh, it felt to me a little like, oh, they want you, they can go through me and that these too. other people. That's Which, like, yeah. There's not, an argument to be made. Not oh. great compared to forbidding your child to express their personal sexuality. Mm, mm-hmm. That feels worse to me. But what do I know? I don't have children. Right. Um, now, according to the dad, it was after all this happened where the counselor... I would think jokingly says there's another counselor you could talk to who will make your mom lose her job if she tries to come after us. Which is, but again, not okay, but... After that happened, according to the dad, our daughter came to her senses and realized, I'm using the word here, like she was being groomed. Like, according to the dad, she realized that the counselor, quote, cared way more about her cause and about destroying you, dad, you? Oh. dad than she ever did about helping me. 
That's what their daughter said to them. Sure, that apparently. sounds like a thing a daughter would say. Yep. I know a lot of teenage girls, and they all talk exactly like that, which is <laughs> wild. So anyway, the parents go to the superintendent about mm-hmm. all this. There is an investigation, mm-hmm. and according to the dad, when the results came in from the investigation, the findings revealed, in the dad's words, that everything the counselor did was in good faith. And so that sounds right to me. He didn't say that there was going to be any punishment or not, but that like you're reading too much into this. Basically, uh, yeah. we're not going to do you're anything. You're assigning a narrative that doesn't yes. exist. So his conclusion, according to the dad speaking mm-hmm. to this congregation, you better not be a Christian in Anderson County <laughs> because people in power. Because people in powerful positions who disagree with you will do whatever it takes to get you fired or imprisoned. Is he fired or imprisoned? No. Okay. Nope. So So I feel like his uh, story on its face Mm. is false. So here's where we're at. That happened at the beginning of the month. (gasps) Okay, I need to hear... That's why we have not seen a lot of coverage of this, because who's watching that live stream of the church sermon? So boring. So ever since that monologue, the family did lawyer up. They got a lawyer to send a letter to the school board, not... Not there hasn't been a lawsuit yet. Okay. But they wrote a letter to the school board detailing this whole story with screenshots and whatever actual names, facts they could get their hands on. Okay. Um, they argue that the superintendent violated her professional code of ethics because, superintendent? because the investigation didn't really take this seriously. They argue that the counselor oh, I see. obviously they say violated her professional code of ethics by like basically ingratiating herself into the daughter's life in yeah. a way that goes beyond thought, what was appropriate. Okay. Um, and what they write is in retrospect, it seems clear that the counselor was trying to thwart the family's parental decisions in order to facilitate the daughter and the classmates romantic relationship. I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah. They, they also yeah, allege she did that, but that's not a bad thing. I guess it's my thing. <laughs> they of also like, allege that uh, the counselor warned the daughter that if the parents took her to a therapist, which is one thing they talked about, like your daughter's going through some tough times, you sure. should take her to therapy. The counselor allegedly said to the daughter, well, if your parents decide who your therapist is, it's going to be some Christian counselor who subjects you to conversion therapy. And the letter says yeah. that's a direct assault on our family. No, it's not. It's facts. They said the counselor, quote, tried to steer their daughter to a more affirming therapist, but the family opted for a more, quote, objective op- option. Oh. Whatever the yeah, hell that therapy means. therapy is so objective, yeah. you fucking idiots. They said the superintendent did not meaningfully evaluate the counselors uh, with, oh, they're mad because the counselor never told them she was talking to their daughter about any of this stuff. I think that's how counseling works. Mm. Yeah, they said the superintendent did not meaningfully evaluate the counselor's withholding of information from the parents. What do you know? Okay, maybe you'll talk about what is an obligation for. So I know the laws about. I will get into that. Oh, you will? Okay. Yeah. Okay. The letter ultimately lays out all the ways the counselor overstepped her boundaries, Mm -hmm. neglected her duties, how the superintendent failed to hold her accountable. And okay, I will grant that I think the text messaging inappropriate Mm -hmm. should not have happened. Some Mm -hmm. of those text messages, absolutely inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That person should be reprimanded for some of those things. No doubt. I'm not arguing on any of that. Now to your point, I think if a counselor has reason to believe a student is in danger at home 
however you want to define that, Mm -hmm. because of her sexual orientation or gender identity, among other reasons, she has a legal obligation to keep the students safe. And that could very well mean not disclosing that information to her parents. That's why we've seen some laws in red states or school board, red conservative school boards, where it's like if a kid comes out as trans, you have to tell the parents Mm -hmm. and counselors and responsible people, of course, are like, that's a horrible idea because the reason the student is telling me about this and not their parents is because they think they're in danger at home. I I do find that shit so informing parents about everything, no. Like parents that are mad that their kids are keeping secrets, which like to some extent kids just keep secrets because they're dirty liars. But you have clearly proved that you are not a person who can be trusted with a secret. And kids pick up on that shit really fast because if you tell your parents something in confidence and then you hear them laughing about it with, you know, your aunt and uncle or whatever, that is something that stays with you. Not that I'm Mm -hmm. pulling from my own life. One thing we don't know is... Did the counselor believe this girl was in danger at home? Because I think that is relevant to this conversation, but that's also not something the public has a right to know about because that's a confidential thing. I mean, if CPS got involved, I have to think there were you would think. some kind of paper trail, right? Maybe. Now, here's the only thing the superintendent has said publicly. This is a statement that... She put out a week ago. Okay. Um, I have become aware of a video posted on the church's Facebook page alleging many accusations. I have been asked to provide a statement regarding this video and the content of it. Uh, basically, the law, the rights of students and privacy rights of staff mm. do not allow me, as superintendent, to discuss preliminary details, confirm or deny publicly made accusations, content, or the outcome of the investigation unless the parents of the student sign a release for me to openly discuss this matter publicly. Whoa, <clears throat> that's a twist. So I mean, that means the parents haven't true. signed a release to... As, of the, as we are so recording this. So they're accusing the superintendent of not taking it seriously, but refuse to mm. give her the opportunity to explain her side? I don't know what the parents have done. Maybe they're waiting to find out if they can do this, if they should do this. She wrote at the end of the statement, if the parents sign a release for me to respond publicly... I will provide an updated release with additional information. And they did, and she did. And none of that has happened yet. No! I have to believe... I was really hoping that actually we would get resolution. I I have to believe the parents have not signed off on her talking publicly about what's actually going on on their side. Because right now... All we have is, is the, the dad's dad version side. of the story and his lawyer's version of the family Which story. Truly, we do not have the school side of anything here. Even if you take every single word that he says at face value, I, I'm sorry, is it bad that I don't see... Like, yeah, the texting was inappropriate, mm-hmm. but not like capital I inappropriate. I'm just like, hey, don't talk to kids like you talk to other adults, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. But like, so... The dad side of the story is my daughter was lying to me because she was queer sort of some stripe, didn't feel comfortable saying it to me. I fell in love with this other girl. Um, and as I am starting to feel more feelings, I am realizing that this is not a safe place for me to be because of how my parents have spoken about gay people in the past. So I'm going to talk to a safe person, my counselor, which is what they're there for. Uh They are not going to relay this to my parents because, again, that's not their job. Their job is not to say, like, hey, you're being mean. It is to give these kids the courage and the resources to 
live their life as honestly mm-hmm. as they know how. And keep in mind that not affirming LGBTQ students has disastrous consequences. Th- that's the other thing. You can I- see... I'm going to show you one other picture in a second here. So Monday night of this week, there was a school board meeting planned. Uh, there was a school board meeting. And the conservative Christian community basically said, we got to jam-pack this uh, school board meeting God. and voice our concerns. Uh-huh. And the board, like, if you watch this entire meeting, it went for like an hour, hour and a half. It opens up with one of the board representatives or someone basically saying, listen, I want you all to know. We are here to listen to you. We will. You will have time to speak if you signed up to speak and uh-huh. whatever, however their process was. They wanted everyone to know. We, as a board, do not have the authority mm. to fire anybody on a whim. Hmm. But we are listening to you and we want to listen to you. So just you're going to tell us, like, get rid of the counselor or whatever. We legally cannot, cannot do, that. do that. So don't expect us to do Seat that. We're not breath. taking a vote on this. Yeah. We are here to listen. And then it was an hour of conservative Christians basically accusing them and parroting mm-hmm. everything this guy said. You could see a picture, actually. One of the guys who spoke at that meeting was Brad Briscoe on Monday. And you could see his daughter standing in the middle of the parents. I can't tell. Like, I do not care to comment on the daughter at all. I don't know if she genuinely had a change on the counselor like, she really did flip back to yeah, her parents or what? Yeah, she looks like she's really happy to be there and has courage <laughs> of her convictions in that hemet. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. she changed her mind. No idea. And is straight as an arrow now. Yeah. Like, come on. They fucking <laughs> bullied her into this. One of the speakers who spoke at that uh, school board meeting said the counselor's actions may have been millstone offenses, which is a reference to a Bible verse that says if you cause someone else to sin, we'd be better off if you put a millstone around your neck and you were drowned. Basically, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's if they were not a threat. It very much is. But it's done in Christianese. Others treated it as a religious revival. They were just spewing Bible verses. So this is where we're at. Like, what comes next? Will the district release about school counselors that they should always honor the mother of their student? Like, fuck you guys. You're just spinning your wheels. You're just mad that kids aren't afraid of you anymore. Will the district release the superintendent's findings on the counselors so the public can kind of see what did you find when you investigated the matter? Will they cave to this Christian mob that's out for blood and, like, fire the counselor and superintendent? What mistakes would district officials say were made? What, and I'm very curious, what does this Christian mob wish that the counselor had done? Because I feel like whatever their response is, you should have told the parents right away. Like, that does not protect students, and that would be a bad idea. But these aren't people who are interested in protecting students. These are interested in people protecting parents who treat their kids like extensions Mm -hmm. of themselves. That statement I read to you from the superintendent, that Mm -hmm. was made over a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday of this week, the Lexington Herald-Leader reported on the school board meeting that took place Monday night. Mm -hmm. They reached out to the superintendent who said, "I again, I'm not able to comment on anything stated by the parents because... I don't have a release from them yet. So yeah. she's still gagged by the law. And again, so that's it. Stop I, I, yelling at me. Yell at them. You know, like mm-hmm. they're the ones, uh, these fucking people. Yeah. I, I these just, people, I think, want any counselor who acts on behalf of an LGBTQ student to be treated like an enemy who opposes parental rights and religious freedom. I just, and there's no way for the school board to appease a mob that is doing that. So punishing the counselor is not going to make them happy because at that point they will start going after every other teacher and administrator and support staff that supports 
uh, LGBTQ students. Mm. I think the board just has to say, we looked at the superintendent's report and they can decide, was it a fair, professionally conducted report? And if it was, then you leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And if people don't like it, they don't like it. And they can decide if the superintendent gets to decide, was the counselor's actions within her professional duties? If they are, then say that. If they crossed a line, then be clear about what lines were crossed and discipline accordingly. And that's it. I guess I don't understand what line... I mean, the te- I guess the text message. I, I think the thing about, like, you can stay in my basement if you need to or whatever, isn't that one of the, de- the accusations from the dad is that if you need to, you can stay with me or yes. no? I don't know. Like, I feel like that's something I would say to one of my writing students of like, if you feel like you can't go somewhere else, I can put a roof over your head. And and I don't know what the rules are for public school counselors, but there there are probably lines about here's what you're allowed to say or do or what you can't. And And that's all I care about in terms of what should happen to the counselor. It's all right. Well, did she cross the ethical lines? If so, fine. Then she'll be disciplined accordingly. It's, Whatever. It's just really frustrating to hear about parents who think they're being left out of their kid's life without doing a ounce of soul searching as to why that is. Apparently, there's like Facebook groups of parents whose children are estranged, like parents whose children cut them out of their life, and all they do is just talk about how terrible their kids are and how much they hate them and how they <laughs> owe them a relationship. And how the public schools destroyed Probably. them. It's like if, I go back to if your kids are telling your counsel or teachers to use a pronoun. Or they're telling a counselor something like what this child said. If they're not telling you as their parents, that should be your concern that this they don't trust I'm you saying. enough with this. This is what I'm saying. And they felt saying. more safe at school, around yeah. those other adults, whatever. By the way, interesting side note. Last year, that same district uh, passed a policy change requiring teachers to use students' preferred pronouns. Wow. And the counselor in question was in the news at that time supporting that policy because she sounds pretty dope and uh so in one of the articles i read she described herself as a born-again christian well doesn't change anything square you're (laughs) like where's your argument now bud doesn't change anything but it's a reminder that even christians disagree on how to handle these issues what a mess let me uh there's a couple other things but these are just happier nice nice change stories Mm -hmm. uh this is an interesting one In April, uh, American Atheist filed a lawsuit on behalf of an inmate in a West Virginia prison. Yes. And there's an update to this story. Here's here's the backstory. A guy named Andrew Miller, Uh he had entered prison in 2021. He was convicted of breaking and entering. He was given a sentence of one to 10 years. Mm -hmm. His projected release date is April of 2025. Okay. But if you're a good, quote unquote, if you're a good inmate, you can get out earlier on Mm -hmm. good behavior. So that's kind of where he was at. We're not debating the justice of that, whether he did it, not. Like, he was convicted. He was in jail. Yeah. All right, fine. Serving his time. Yep, he did his time. Um, he also had a substance abuse problem. Mm-hmm. And if you are an inmate who has hey, that, yep. you have to go through a substance abuse treatment program. And whatever which one that he, works for you, right? Right, exactly. So that's the idea. He was not arguing this. He was fine with going through a treatment program. But the West Virginia prison... They made him go through a specific type of treatment program Mm -hmm. that required you to... It's not just nebulous, higher power stuff. Mm -hmm. This program included the Lord's Prayer, 
the serenity prayer, the 12 steps, which reference a higher power. Mm-hmm. There were like... It's right up top. It's, it's very religious. One part of the handbook told participants, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Doesn't... How does that make people feel better? Oh, I don't know. Of like, these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but God's speaking yeah. through them. Another a piece of homework that the inmates would have to do in this course, mm. they had to write a little essay or paragraph saying, what God means to me, what prayer means to me. So basically, Miller says... Not, is this a Christian daycare center? <laughs> right, that's called prison, yeah. He basically says... I don't want to do... I, I'm not religious. I'm yeah. an atheist. Yeah. I shouldn't have to do that. I am fine going through a substance abuse treatment program, and there are alternatives. And he offered some. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, you got to go through it. Um, and his request was denied. He challenged it. The challenges were denied. And what happened is that when he went in front of the parole board mm. to get his freedom... Because he didn't complete the substance abuse treatment program, He's denied he was denied parole three separate times. Fuck. That's when American Atheists took up this case earlier yeah, this that's year. Rough. And it wasn't, again, we already discussed why it was a ridiculous. He could, he suggested alternatives. They said no. Um, he tried fixing it on his own. It got nowhere. The lawsuit was like the last resort. Mm. <clears throat> and the thing is, earlier... I'm kind of impressed by the courage of his convictions because I would have folded like a cheap no kidding, table right? if that was right? what I was offered. I'd be like, great, can't wait. Love you, God. Mm-hmm. In <sighs> July, a U.S. district judge basically issued a preliminary injunction saying, remove the, ar- the, the religious program mm-hmm. to the prison. Mm-hmm. He said, you got to get rid of the program from this guy's re-entry plan. Mm-hmm. And see to it that this is not a factor in his eligibility for parole. He said that preliminarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great ruling. We, I think we discussed it when that happens. The judge also pointed out other states have similar programs. Um, and they have faced lawsuits. And courts have unanimously agreed that the religious content of those programs violated the Constitution. Uh-huh. So you have to give this guy an alternative. You have two options. Give him an alternative that right. he can complete in a in a fair amount of time yeah. or just don't or, hold this against him if he doesn't do it. I bet he's clean and sober in prison. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I it's not that easy. Everybody shut up. <laughs> so throughout the ruling, the, the judge at the time, this is back in July, uh-huh. repeatedly used words like they're coercing him into religious exercise. They've su- substantially burdened. judges are good at judging. Yeah. They have substantially burdened his protected religious exercise. Mm-hmm. I think he's likely to succeed on his merit claims yes. and all this. So that was back in July. Okay. But the, as far as at that time, great. at that time, he's still in prison. The update that we got this week from American Atheists. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I do want to point this out. In the, in the ruling, one of the things the judge pointed out, I'm going to read this from his ruling in July. Had Mr. Miller simply submitted to defendant's coercion and completed the treatment program, he likely would no longer be incarcerated. Uh-huh. Mr. Miller should not be further punished for bringing this troubling policy to light. Yeah, yeah. But again, oh. when that was issued, oh, he's, still, still, he's still there. He's still there. The update that we got this week, a couple things. One is there's basically a settlement. They're not going to go through anything else here. Oh. But the, the end result is he is now a free man. Hey. Um, Congratulations. The substance abuse program was not used for his eligibility for parole. So when the parole board... Oh, by the way, one of the things that happened is they said even if he went through a secular version of the program, 
Well, guess what? By October of this year, this was in July, mm. they said in October he has another meeting in front of the parole board. He wouldn't be done with the secular alternative. Right. So, like, even if you decided now to do the right thing, too little, too late. it's still not going to be fast enough. So they ultimately said, fine, we're just not going to say he has to complete it mm. for the sake of the parole board. And guess what? When he got in front of the parole board in October and he didn't have that weighing him down, mm. they decided, yeah, you can go free. So he is a free man now. That policy is no longer being used to keep him incarcerated. Mm. And the West Virginia Department, what is it? The West Virginia Department Division of Corrections and Rehabilitation, they have said, we are changing our policies so that no one else has to go through this either. I would sue for financial compensation. We'll see what happens. But they've changed their policy, and that includes using a secular program called Mm. Smart Recovery as an acceptable substitute Um, the settlement document uh, was not publicly available, so I'm going off of what American Atheist said. The uh, prison has also agreed to pay $80,000 in legal fees mm. to American Atheists and a group they worked with on this called Mountain State Justice. Great. And again, this guy didn't cave. Had he just lied mm-hmm. and said, all right, what you suggested, like if he just lied and said, I love Jesus yeah. just so he could get out, he would have to be lying in order to convince the parole board he's a good guy who can be trusted. Mm. There's some irony for you. Mm -hmm. But because he actually told the truth, they held it against him. Uh, He did reach out in an email statement to me, and he said, I'm so happy that the judge ruled in our favor, but no one should have to compromise their beliefs just to be given a fair chance at release. I want people to understand their rights and for government officials to understand that they can't force religious beliefs on people no matter what their situation. Mm. Which... Good for him. I think there's also, from my understanding, a lot of issues with the transparency of the parole process. That oh, it's entirely. pretty like subjective. So I think and arbitrary. So mm-hmm. I, I I hope this all shines a light on that as well. I hope so. Good for him. And by the way, there was a second story this week also about a prisoner who didn't want to go through Christian services. This one's even more disturbing. And I don't know if or when we talked about this Doesn't last, because it's been several years. I remember a, it's a pilot week. was Oh, that's one? different, too. Okay. But here's the story. This is from 2015. A mm. guy named Mark Janney, who is an atheist, he was in prison. Um, basically, in 2015, he was released from prison, mm-hmm. uh, paroled, whatever. His parole officer at the time, whose last name is uh, Gamez, basically said to Janie, if you want to remain out of prison, and it's this guy's responsibility to say, yeah, the prisoner's, the ex-prisoner is on the right track. Mm. He can remain free. He's not a threat to anybody. It's all good. This guy said, if you want to remain out of prison, you have to have a residence of record. You have to have a place to stay. Oh, okay. And for whatever reason, I don't know what options this guy had, but I don't know that he had any real options. Oh, but you mean just kicking people out of prison with nothing but the clothes yeah, on their back is not a good idea? Weird. I think he actually uh, said he had family he could live with, but they didn't use, they'd said, no, you can't do that option. I don't know what the reason was. But the parole officer says you can live at the Denver Rescue Mission, which is a Christian homeless shelter. Mm. And this guy says, I don't mind doing that, but he basically says, I'm not Christian. And this particular place, like they required you to go through Bible study. Oh, it's like real Christian it is, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they made him go through all that if he wanted to stay at this worship services, Bible study, faith-based counseling. You would have to do all that if you wanted to stay there. So he said, conscious. I don't want to do any of that stuff. And then they kicked him out of the shelter. They said, you can't live here because they're Christian. 
And because he didn't have a residence, the parole officer said, well, then you got to go back to prison. Jesus fucking Christ, these fucking people. Mm-hmm. What is with and these And when the people? parole board They're saw... They're so horny when, for Jesus all the time. When the parole board saw him a few weeks later, they agreed that he violated his parole by not having a place to stay. So they sent him back to prison, and this led to five additional months... Jeez. Behind bars. America is cool. I have no notes on America. So, in short, he was incarcerated unnecessarily after he served his time, all because he refused to participate in a Christian ministry. Now, just, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. Mm -hmm. He sued. He didn't have any lawyers. He tried to do it himself. It didn't work. Poor boy. Uh, They tossed out his case. But in June of 2020, the ACLU gets involved. Americans United for Separation of uh, Church and State gets involved, basically saying, yeah, you tossed out his case because like, he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, We're appealing on his behalf. Mm-hmm. And what happened is in 2021, the, an, an appellate court overturned the dismissal. So he has okay. not won anything yet. They basically said, yeah, fine. We'll hear you, it, though. We will allow you to maybe hear it. But when they tossed it out, we're saying they shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Try again. So that's where we were at a while ago. So we tried again, and here's the update to that story. This week on Tuesday, a different, uh, well, a U.S. district judge said, you can move forward on your claim to recover financial damages for the alleged violations of your religious freedom. Okay. The other side, the jail, the parole parole officer Uh tried to say like, no, I have immunity. I work for the government. And they're like, no, you don't. That doesn't get you out of this I understand that looking at the legal landscape, you would think that, but no, that's (laughs) not actually the case. Basically, here's how the ACLU summarized this week's ruling. Mark Janney is eligible to recover punitive damages, compensatory damages for the loss of liberty, Mm -hmm. and economic damages for the loss of wages Mm -hmm. for part of that period, and nominal damages. So basically... He hasn't won anything. Just the lawsuit against the parole officer can move forward. Okay. That case is scheduled to go to trial next July. <laughs> it's I know, it takes a while, but it's a huge victory. And as uh, Rachel Laser of AU put it, our government must never force anyone to practice a faith that is not their own. Mm-hmm. And of course, must never jail anyone for refusing to submit to religious proselytization. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. So Jesus I'm God. glad it's moving Jesus. forward. It's a long time since we've had an update in that case. Yeah. So I'm glad to see he can hopefully seek financial damages. And we'll see. Now it's at least going to be ruled on, judged on the merits and not, yeah, you know, yeah, did yeah. you do it Just right? On, yeah. Yeah, on arbitrary rules of knowing law. So, yay. I got one last thing for you because it made me laugh. Oh, boy. Uh, there's a Twitter alternative called Blue Sky. Mm. And on Blue Sky, one of the topics of conversation has been a rhetorical question that is so dumb oh, God. that everyone has to weigh in on it because of how stupid it is. Oh, it was asked on Quora, which if, is that weird is site this where be people the, pose it. Do you want to fight 100 horse-sized ducks or one duck-sized horse? Like, that's a good question on Reddit and it gets way. a lot of conversation. Yeah. No, here's the question oh. that the screenshot was posted and then everyone's like, wait, wait, I have to, wait, what? Okay, here's right. the question. <clears throat> Let me read the whole thing and then feel free to weigh in. I will. <clears throat> Atheists, imagine you're going skydiving with a Christian baby. Suddenly, the baby tells you he won't open his parachute until you renounce atheism and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What would you do? What? That's right. A baby is skydiving with me. 
The one you kidnapped. The one I kidnapped Obviously. and threw out of a plane. And threw out of a plane. Who has his own parachute, by the way. And has his own parachute. Uh-huh. And the training to deploy that parachute. Correct. And um, the ability And the ability to, to string together a pretty complicated <laughs> es- estimatological conundrum, huh? Uh-huh. Estimo- you say it. Nope. Es- es- nope. Es- going to let you dig your own grave I on this one. I got it. E- mm-hmm. Epistemological. Got it. Nicely done. Woo! Good job. Um, Baby, yep, tossed out that. Hypothetical. I mean, I would say, yeah, I would say <laughs> I renounce my atheism and I believe in Jesus Christ as a method to save that baby. And then when we got you're in pro the life. ground. Because you're pro-life is what you are saying. Nope. 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 Um, I am anti-babies falling out of planes, mm. which I know is a really brief Well, statement. then you should have thought of that. <laughs> should have thought of that before you kidnapped the baby and <laughs> threw it out of a plane. Punting the baby out of the plane. Correct. Um, Yes, I would 100% say, yeah, I'm totally in a, I'm horny for him right now. <laughs> pull your, pull your shoot, baby. And then I would pick up that baby and find their parents and be like, he needs to be locked away. <laughs> this child is not okay. You might have a Damien, si- Damien? Yeah. Situation you hold the on baby, you throw it up in the air, uh-huh. get it away from you. Yeah. Maybe the parachute's still on the baby, so you throw it up in the air and hope mm. it catches the wind and just Is it attached away? to the onesie? I mean, I would think it's like an all-in-one situation, right? Mm. Well, just like their little bodies are so small that that's a lot of weight. A parachute's heavy. But I guess it's a smaller parachute because it's a smaller... Why does it have a different... I imagine you're wearing like the baby Bjorn carrying your thing, locking that baby on your body. But no, 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 this is a separate parachute. A separate parachute. There's no instructor, which I think is interesting. Yeah, just two people jumping out of a plane. Who's flying the plane? Two people, one adult and one baby. And also, who's flying the plane? We don't know. Nobody. Maybe they just jumped out. Sully Sullenberger, for sure. (laughs) Um, No, uh, that is what. And it. What? What did the person try to? Oh, there's no answer. We're just all staring at the question. what is the general universe saying? What, what's, what's Blue Sky saying? Uh, one answer is, given the very specific circumstances, I would either check to see if I'm on drugs or if the baby is on drugs. Uh, and if it's the latter, find out where I could get some because clearly those are some good drugs. Also, can, I would I take mine answer. back. I would just grab the baby. You could get two parachutes and just have more safety. No, I mean, I would just grab the baby and deploy my parachute and just hold the baby until we get to the ground. You're very invested in keeping this baby around. Well, I just don't see why this baby needs to die for its dumb religious ideas. Its brain isn't fully developed. It doesn't really know what it's saying. Someone ask Ayan Hersiali this question. Oh, that's a good question for her. Let's read an Uh, essay from her answering the baby parachute Christian question because somehow... I don't understand I think it'll make more sense... Than the essay she currently published. Is this supposed to be a gotcha thing? Of like, so you would say it. Ha ha. Like, what? You're asking me what the questioner is thinking, and I don't even know what they're going for. Doesn't it feel like a gotcha question? But Mm -hmm. you're like, um. If you go to Quora, I was surprised to learn this. Someone pointed this out. If you go to Quora and type in Christian baby, there's a whole universe of Christian baby rhetorical, hypothetical questions that involve a Christian baby and an atheist, and this is just a whole genre of questions. When I was in high school, dead baby jokes were very popular. Do you think this is along the same lines? Well, this will be a dead baby joke in like two minutes. That was pretty funny, actually. Thank you. Damn. I'm a connoisseur. What a stupid waste of our time that was. (laughs) (laughs) And with that... (laughs) 
Where do we find you oh, for God. more enlightened discussions like know. this? Yeah, we're going to be on the bonus episode. I feel like I have some... Th- oh, I'm going to tell a real cute story about a horse. Um, and I'm going to... Gang, I never thought it would happen to me. My writing student needed help with her Shakespeare homework. So I got to, I got to teach a teenager that Shakespeare is just nice. rap from the 19th I don't know what you just said, but I heard Shakespeare. Uh, Just read Macbeth with her and got to um, reignite my love of Shakespeare. Maybe I'll read you more hypotheticals in the bonus. Honestly, can we do a whole bonus episode of just that? <laughs> I'll um, put them together. Yeah, we'll uh, You could find us, give oh, yeah. us, if you like the show, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the Discord. There's also bonus episodes. Oh, yeah. Episode. Did you know the Discord, they made like little reaction emojis that were like... Your face. Like, Well, I knew the face one, but they're like patented <laughs> like to us. Like yeah. there's one that says Oofa Doofa, which is funny to the, me. The Discord people are very good to us. Yeah. I like them. I, they're great. Guys, I'm not kidding. Like somebody was like, oh my God, Jess is here. I was like, tag me. I'll be here. <laughs> I just don't know how to use it. Um, You can also leave us a review. This one is called, this is on iTunes. The best. Five stars from Faith Schwenk. Literally my favorite podcast. I listen to it while I fall asleep every night. I'm so sorry for all the <laughs> screaming. <laughs> this was a loud episode. Thanks for letting us put you to bed. Um, wh- we uh, bore the hell out of you. <laughs> uh, while I get ready to work in the morning on my way to work, all day at work, and wh- whenever I get a chance, basically. I love both the hosts. Nothing keeps my interest like this show, and I love hearing them discuss things and just getting super mad about everything. I relate to her rant so much. 10 out of 10 would always recommend Sue's my non-existent soul. Thanks, Faith. That was oh, nice of sweet. you. Um, cool. We'll, uh, Have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. Do your crosswords. Bye. Bye.